starting this business. I didn't know what it was going to be or how it was going to unfold, but if I just kept doing it, it would happen. So I think that's the moral story of all of our stuff is like we just keep doing stuff and it's going to inevitably work out. You like the fluidity of it, where you're at now. just don't like doing the same thing every day. Yeah, I get that. Which is a millennial thing or it's a... We everyone thinks that we're entitled to things, but I just like creativity. I like thinking differently. From the studios of Kink Radio, it's the Portland 50, a podcast series about the people who dreamt, built, and championed the innovation, growth, and uniqueness of Portland. The Portland 50 series is brought to you by Jaguar Land Rover Portland. One company, two iconic brands. Jaguar Land Rover Portland is a Don Rasmussen company, the legendary Portland institution serving our community since 1950. I'm your host, Peggy LaPointe. Today, I talk with Marcus Harvey, a Portland area native. In 2014, Marcus started his iconic brand with two Portland t-shirts. In four years, his Portland gear brand has partnered with Widmer Brewing, Dornbecker Children's Hospital, and the Portland Thorns. Portland gear is part of the movement to bring baseball to Portland. Yeah, I, the kids asked me that this week and stuff, and I try to think back of when I was their age. So these kids were 16 through 22. I say kids. I'm a couple years old. <laughs> these, I called them kids all week. It was kind of fun. And when I was their age, like if I would have had an opportunity like what we just had with our brand camp, I would have gone. But I can't think back and think if I would have been very good. Right. You know, I don't I don't know. Some. I just have always had voices in my head around a passion for clothes, shoes, sports, city, friends, people, pride, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And they never really fit together until Portland gear, but they were always consistent voices throughout all of the things of growing up and loving basketball and trying to get high fives and going to the Nike sports camps and University of Oregon and all of my parents, my all of my parents, <laughs> my parents and my sister, we all went to University of Oregon. So we were big like fans. So we'd always wear duck stuff. And it was just like a mix of all these things collided into Portland gear. Yeah. But they're consistent to, themes that have been. Yeah, with but you. to say like four years ago I thought I'd be here, absolutely not. And right. in four more years I will have no clue what I'm doing. And I think that's the beauty in all of this is that like I never have had a plan. I've never had a business plan. I've never had a mentor. I've never been trying to emulate what someone else did. It just always comes out of like wherever we are and whatever feels authentic and in the right space and it just kind of keeps unfolding ahead of us. And it's always something that we're passionate about because we're unfolding it too, you know? So it's not right. like we're like, hey, we need to do a summer internship program. It was right. like, we had a lot of kids that came in that wanted job shadows. And as a team of three of us, it was impossible to do. So we're like, how do we do something where we can actually invest in the kids, make it meaningful? So last year we did this and it was a three-day version mm-hmm. and just changed our lives. And, and that's the year, brand camp. Yep, that was our brand camp yeah. last year. So we had like 200 kids apply and we selected 30. And it was just my favorite week of the entire year, more yes. so than sales, more so than hanging out with athletes, more so than anything. Um, I come from a lineage of teachers, grandma, mom, sister, great grandma. So it's I can't shake it as much yeah. as I want to. I don't want to actually. Right, um, it's in your blood. So doing that week and investing in those kids was profound for me and the team and then going in and making it way bigger this year, right. like just cloud nine all week. I just love it. I love everything about it. So we just unfold naturally as demand comes, as things come. We're not planning any of these things, but yeah, it, it all makes sense in my head somehow. And it's just making sense as we go. But yeah, natu- I don't have like a by 30, I need this. And by 35, right. I need this. It's just work as hard as we can every day. It's become a that. natural evolution. Yep. Right. Yeah. And speaking of which, going back for 
well, more than four years, I think it was, when you started your Instagram mm-hmm. page. I have been, you know, have been following your Instagram page, I think, for about two years. Oh, funny. Yeah. And it wasn't, and it was because of the images of Portland. Mm-hmm. So I follow a couple of Instagram pages that are just beautiful photos mm-hmm. uh, of Oregon and of Portland. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until, you know, and I think this is purposeful for mm-hmm. you, it wasn't until I, you know, a few months later that I recognized that this is a brand mm-hmm. and that it was Portland brand. So it was um, April 1st, 2014, first image, a picture of the Hawthorne Bridge. Mm -hmm. Going into this Instagram page, first of all, tell me the story of how you got Mm -hmm. Portland. Yeah. So also, Portland gear was never a plan either. Right. So came back from college, degree in digital arts, business, always loved making, loved that connection between business and art, which is what I do to this day. Yeah. So I came back and started working on little brands around town, would do freelance design, freelance screen printing, would just do anything to stay busy, working for myself, figuring it out. And I met a guy named Wookie, and Wookie was really good at making clothes. Mm-hmm. Wookie was like actually artistic, which I'm not, so he could actually like cut and sew clothes and make things. And I really liked the branding side. Right. So we started working on clients, and companies from outside of Portland wanted to work with us because we could like custom make clothes that no one else could really do on our small scale. Mm-hmm. And brands from Canada and California and other companies, because they wanted the tags to say made in Portland. So I was like, what is going on? Like, <laughs> we obviously know this place was cool, but like, why are people and how are they finding us? What is it about Portland? Yeah. So I was at my parents' house one night and I came across this Seattle Instagram page and it was pictures of the Space Needle and this harbor. And I was like, that's really pretty. I was like, I'll follow the Portland version. Search for it. It wasn't there. At Portland was taken mm-hmm. by this guy who lived on the East Coast and posted pictures of his daughter and got like three likes. <laughs> so I started Portland NW. And just out of a desire of post pictures of the city, events that I'm already going at, beautiful mm-hmm. things. I liked photography. But then also like there was amazing pictures out there that people were already taking. And I was like, I could just feature these because they're way better than I could take. Yeah. And then um, maybe if it got big enough, I could promote some of these little brands that wanted that wanted to be made in Portland. That okay. was the original. It was the whole it. branding idea. Yeah, it was yeah. like build a following of people that love Portland. And maybe if it ever got big enough, I could promote these brands that wanted to be from Portland. Right. So fast forward that grows 10, 20, 30,000 followers, mixture of me posting, mixture of tagging other people, which then just exploded because then people wanted to be featured on the page. Mm-hmm. So now we've been tagged in million photos because people want to be featured. So right. that grew 50, 60,000 followers. And then about four years ago, it was a month before Black Friday. And I had my experience in doing brand, screen printing, all that stuff, sitting with this jackpot of people that loved Portland. And I was like, I've always dreamed of having my own brand. Like I was kind of getting tired of, I always felt like I was giving a lot of ideas to these other companies Mm -hmm. without them really valuing them. So I was like, I could try to do this myself. So I came out with a little P logo at the state of Oregon and printed 30 shirts. Didn't know if anyone would buy them, put up a website. My dad was the first order just to see if it worked (laughs) and um, did a photo shoot with my best friends and just posted one picture on Black Friday. Like all of Portland gear was developed printed, designed everything in like two weeks, like with no plan of it working or anything. And Just printed, to see. Yeah. Printed 30 shirts because if not, I had 30 friends I could right. give them to. So there was no risk for me at all. Yeah. It was like, let's see. And first day I did $5,000 in sales. And I did not have that many <laughs> shirts. So then we rushed to print more and help ship. And it was so it was just like that fast. It was like, 
whoa, oh, what just something. happened? And then the next day, more orders. And then it was like, I got to do this again. So I got to design the next shirt and I got to print something else. And so it was pretty much from that day, uh, November 25th, 2014, mm-hmm. that I just went full time on this. Yeah. Kind of stopped doing client stuff because I was like, if I can just laser focus on this, it's what I want to do. It's See where it mine. takes you, See right? See what happens. Um, and then it's kind of just unfolded from there. But yeah, oh, so I got the Portland handle. Right. Because I was Portland NW for the first like three, four months or so building it. And it was definitely growing. But to me, being millennial, knowing Instagram, I was like, this is kind of the next web, like domain place. So it's like, if you can have Portland, that's like Portland.com. Like that right. could be valuable. So I started DMing this guy and we went back and forth for a while and I got to look back on how much I paid, but it was only like <laughs> 1500 bucks. but I was broke at the time. Right. It was a lot no of money, money at the time. And he needed half of it because there's no official way of doing this. You don't like tell Instagram, hey, I had this one, this one, and I paid him this. So it was like I had to send him $750 first, just like, hey, PayPal me and then we'll do it. Right. I'm like, okay. So like all my money, I don't even know if I hardly had that, sent him 750 and then I told him that we should Skype because I wanted to make sure he was real. And then I was like, let's do it super early in the morning so that like people aren't on Instagram. Trying to find it. Yep. So we were, we Skyped at like six or something. I was at my parents' dining room table, my <laughs> lifelong house sitting there. And I was like, if I could get this, this could change things. So sent him the money. It was worth the risk. And then he added an underscore to the end of his. Mm-hmm. And I just deleted NW and we pressed send at the same time. And it went green. And I just remember, <laughs> And I said, he's still on Instagram, Portland underscore, uh-huh. post pictures of his daughter. It's oh, funny. Um, so, but I, I, bet, I bet that was just a rush going. But it, happened, it was. But it happened. And it changed my life forever. Right. Forever, forever without knowing it. And that was a godsend something in that moment that I should have done that. And I'm glad I did. And then once it changed to Portland is when it started taking off. Tens of thousands of followers every couple months. And that's when I actually saw like the growth unfold in front of me. And still to the state, you know, hearing you follow it, like, Yes, I have 320,000 followers, which I view as kind of numbers. But to see, like, those are all humans. Like, right. I followed it two years ago, and I follow it for this reason, and I follow it for this. Like, that re-inspires me to, like, put more time into it because mm-hmm. it needs to remind me that, like, these are humans, not just numbers. Not you know? just numbers. Right. There's a face behind each of those followers, uh, and they all follow for their own mm-hmm. reason. Yeah. Absolutely. So you get the handle, all of a sudden it explodes. And I would imagine because I bet people who looked at his Portland handle just saw this dad who was taking photos of his daughter. But all of a sudden when it becomes Portland and there are images of Portland, I'm guessing a lot of people probably started following for the same reasons that I did Mm -hmm. is that, you know, one of the things I love about Instagram are seeing things through other people's eyes. And so seeing the city that I love Mm -hmm. through other people's eyes or the state that I love through other people's eyes. um, Did you notice a big following once you started posting more photos of your products as you were developing them and as the word got out? Yeah. I mean, Portland Gear would be nothing if it wasn't for that Portland page. Yeah. You know, so it came from having those followers right time. Everything collided into that. So the fact that Portland Gear has even grown, has even sold anything, is all because of that page. Right. Um, and then they've just kind of all, they've kind of risen simultaneously, different levels. You know, right. Portland Gear is at 70,000, which I've had to work way harder for those. Right. Because the Portland one, people are just searching for, there's tons of people that are tagging it. Every, like, I don't even, it's a lot of interactions that it gets just on its own. Yeah. For Portland Gear, I have to earn them and work for them and mm-hmm. stuff. So 
they've definitely risen together. Portland Gear would be nothing without that page. Um, and yeah, there's Instagram is a wild, the wild, wild west, you know. <laughs> but yeah, you know, four or five years ago when I started these things, people weren't using it as avidly as they are now. So right. I don't think people searched for a Portland page, found his, and then were like looking for comparable pages. Like, I don't know if it was there yet. Yeah. Now it is. Yeah. But back then it was like, I, I don't know. It's just yeah. changed a lot. And now it's almost so saturated that it's hard to stand out. And everyone's got three pages for these things. And it's like, you can't go away from it because you've put so much time and it right. is a huge, it's at a billion users now and that's not going to stop. And it's like, but we're always trying to position what's the next thing that we can be where I was for Portland 40 years ago. Like, what is that that we can be developing now? And there really isn't anything. There's nothing out there yet. Not yet. You know, we saw a little glimpse of that, whatever it was a couple months ago. Um, I forget what it was it's called, but it was supposed to be a mix of all of them and everyone downloaded it and everyone was all about it for like a week and it <laughs> died off super fast. And so right. it's like nothing's really risen up yet. And so it's, it's, yeah, where it's at now is a very interesting place. Are you managing the Instagram pages by yourself or mm -hmm. do you, you do? Cause that's gotta be a couple of hours a day. Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the one thing. I mean, I've got a team of six now. Yeah. So Courtney does a lot of the photos for me and we'll, like I can, she'll like send them to me and I can still post them and Portland gear stuff. I still, I mean, I've written every caption of every photo and received every negative thing and all, right. you know, so, uh, but that's my job. Yeah. That's it. You know, it's how I got here, I guess. Right. So I your could passion. easily put it off, but then I don't really know what I would do because it's like. Well, and you're the branding guy. You're the heart behind the brand and branding is from everything that I'm reading about you and seeing about you. It, it's your passion. Mm -hmm. So after, after that initial hit on Black Friday, you know, you're looking to expand and you get that VW van mm -hmm. and you trick it out, yeah, not yeah. trick it out, but you paint it's it. It's, go out, yeah. it's yeah. gorgeous. And you start doing pop-up shops. That's your way of getting, I mean, because pop-up shops were, you know, have been uh, big in Portland for quite a while. And there are so many, there are so many events to be involved in to have a pop-up shop. I would imagine that also started elevating your brand, Portland. I mean, that, those, starting it was like huge milestone one, getting the bus and taking it to where Portlanders are was huge too. And then opening the store was huge three. So those yeah. are like our three biggest moments where I saw things like exponentially jump. You know, Portland Gear website, tagging Instagram, social shipping orders was really good. And like, yeah. I mean, selling one shirt a day, I was like cloud, like that was incredible, you right. know, like that I could sell one or two or three. And then I get this bus and trick it out and wrap it bright teal, knowing people would take pictures of it and yeah. driving it to first Thursday and last Thursday in Division, Alberta, Mississippi, street festivals and anywhere that Portlanders are right. and selling tees out of the back. Well, then it was like, selling 30, 40 shirts or hats, you know, because it's lines of people walking by. And that was huge. And then a year later, we grow into the store where there's 100 people a day that come in now. And that's, huge. you know, so it's just mm -hmm. like we've grown into these things slowly. But yeah, the pop-up thing was, wasn't big enough for a store, dreamed maybe one day, but I was too naive to think that I'd actually get there. So right. I was like, how can I take the product to where the people are? Mm -hmm. And what's cooler than a six foot table in a tent like what's something and so being a nike kid you know they had the old volkswagen and selling shoes out of the back and right. so i bought the same bus and wrapped it and so it was kind of my dna play there and yeah i mean that was definitely a big milestone for us yeah well and even for folks who uh don't like to wear brands i mean you talked about working for nike and you did for quite a while that's you you worked in the in the store mm -hmm. 
even for folks who don't want to wear brands, whether it's a swoosh, whether it's some lines, whether it's, you know, an animal, what have you, the Portland gear brand is, it's just Portland. I mean, it's Oregon. And Portlanders and Oregonians take pride in their city. Mm-hmm. And so it's the perfect brand that even people who don't like brands. Mm-hmm. Um, Which like is a very Portland thing. Right, I know, I know. <laughs> like, and that was all like unintentional, right. maybe intentional subconsciously knowing that kind of stuff. Yeah. But um, yeah, because I am such a brand guy my whole life. Nike everything, blazers everything, ducks yeah. everything. Like I have loved my like guiding lights have been the Nike swoosh and the Oregon O. And now that like the P like kind of sits next to them and like kind of looks like them um, is pretty surreal to me. But, you know, the fact that it's a one color came from doing screen printing for years and learning right. about cost efficiencies and screens and embroidery. And the, like there's a lot of reasons that it looks how it looks, you know. Right. Um, the again, simplicity I, helps. Yeah. I remember when I first designed it. I sent it to a designer friend that I had, and I was like, I don't know if I really like it. I was like, use this as like a rough start. Hmm. It was the final, the logo now yeah. that is my everything. And I don't know why, and he sent it back. He like took two days and he sent it back. He's like, you've got it. Yeah. He's like, I don't know what I could do. He's like, that's pretty crazy. And I remember taking it into my screen printer then, Oregon Screen Impressions, who I've been with for five or six years now. When I first got my rep there, she was like, not often does something come in that I haven't seen now because they've been printing for 30 right. years in Portland. Right. And she's like, that's wild. She's like, I haven't seen this. She's like, this is going to work. And it nice. is, I guess. But yeah, the simplicity of it, the the subliminal messaging of the state. I, and right. the funniest, I've got people that have worn it for years that don't even know that that's the state. Really? They'll come in sometimes. and <laughs> Or people will like be in shopping, have a couple things in their hands. And then they'll like bring a hat up and they'll be like, is this one stitched wrong? I'll be like, no, it's the state of Oregon. They're like, oh. And then I like show them the big one on the wall. And then they just like love it. And right. so it's almost like a club. Like once you see it, mm-hmm. you know, and then once you get like, it. it looks like the Pittsburgh P. I'm like, it's a letter. Like right. l- if you really look at them, they're very different. And there's right. a lot of sports teams that have A's and B's and C's. And so it's like, it's a letter. So it's a P. Yes. It looks like a P. You're correct. <laughs> but like take a second to actually look at it and it's quite different. So I get that one often and I'm just like, all right, yeah. whatever. So you, uh, when you went to school, UWO, you started off in business. But how long did you last there? Because then you moved on to art and design. Yeah, about a year. I was never a good test taker. Yeah. I was a three eight five in high school. Could suck up to teachers. <laughs> class participation on point. You know, led rah-rah cheer mm-hmm. section. Yeah, just didn't know how to study, I guess. So I get yeah. into UVO and... Start taking these business. Well, they weren't even business classes to start. It was a bunch of the prereqs, and it goes down from, you know, 10% homework grade, and then all of it is two midterms and a final, and I don't do so well on one of them, and I get a B minus or a C, and I'm like, oh, I've never gotten those. And so I probably took a year and a quarter or so until one of the guys in my fraternity was like, have you ever heard of this digital arts? And I was like, no, but anything other than tests (laughs) mixed with this, like having a passion for shirts and graphics and stuff. And he's like, yeah, you you don't take tests and you do projects. I'm like, that sounds interesting. Yeah. And he's like, just take an intro to digital arts class. So I did. And it was just like profound, like, boom. It went from classrooms and two hour lectures, reading through books to like IMAX and like other interesting kids and working in collaborative groups and doing things that actually have had real world implications. Like right. some of the kids were really artistic and would do ethereal color palettes of foreign <laughs> flowers. And my stuff was always like, 
branded business posters or like dance t-shirts right. or like anything that I, that made sense to me. So I always found this intersection of the business and art. And mm-hmm. so switched dig- to digital arts and I'd already had a bunch of the entry business classes done. So I maintained the business minor, but yeah. um, I just more so than learning any sort of like hard tangible skills or anything, it just like allowed me to explore this new voice for a couple of years. I was the same way. Took my first radio class, communications class, and I was like, the creative aspect appealed to me. And I would imagine, even though you say you're not an artist, mm-hmm. there's a lot of creativity that goes into design and, and branding. I mean, it, it is. It's, marketing is creative. You have to be creative to brand and market. So I think my art is authenticity through branding or marketing. Because I say that I'm not really an artist, but it def- depends on how you explain art, you know, right. which is the most vague term there. You know, everything's art, you know. Right. So, yes, I'm not like a skilled artist. Pen, paper, I'm still drawing stick figures. <laughs> like painting, wish I was good at it. Right. Like, but I can do photography mm-hmm. and I like it enough yeah. that I'm not expert, but I get it. And I can do illustrator enough that I can express myself in some way and I can do websites enough you know so it's like I became creative through these new mediums that I learned never sketched my whole life like I was I went outside and played basketball or tag or you know like I wasn't an artist like read but never really I was never I was like the just boy my Jordan jersey run around play sports you know in high school never took art classes like never did any of that stuff Mm. So then to suddenly, as a sophomore in college, take this intro to art class with zero art experience maybe made me good because I had to learn everything fresh and new or maybe the fact that I had no experience in anything allowed me to fit these puzzles that I had always had finally into something that I called branding or marketing right. or screen print, whatever it was that you know all this turned into. You're listening to King's Portland 50 series. I'll continue my conversation with Marcus Harvey in a moment, but I wanted to thank our sponsor. The Portland 50 series is presented by Jaguar Land Rover Portland. One company, two iconic brands. Jaguar Land Rover Portland is a Don Rasmussen company, the legendary Portland institution serving our community since 1950. Now back to my conversation with Marcus Harvey, a Portland area native. In 2014, Marcus started his iconic brand with two Portland t-shirts. In four years, his Portland gear brand has partnered with Widmer Brewing, Dornbecker Children's Hospital, and the Portland Thorns. Portland gear is part of the movement to bring baseball to Portland. You start off with the, the one design, the P, and you have expanded to uh, take your interests, your passions with sports and Portland, and you have started to work on collaborations uh, with different folks. The Widmer Brothers, one mm-hmm. I love, okay. and then you've worked with the Thorns, and also uh, you've got a Dornbecker hat now. Um, tell me about these collaborations and how they came about. They all come about super authentically through meeting someone from that Portland page years ago. Widmer used to pay me to like promote their new beer years ago, you know, and then it was like kind of built rapport with them for a couple years and probably about a year and a half ago we were in a meeting where we were, they were telling me about a new beer that I could promote and I was like, just so you guys know, Woodmere is the one beer that I would love to do a collab with, like I've had other offers or I could entertain things, but like I would love to do a Portland Gear Woodmere beer. Yeah. Like, oh, interesting. Okay. And kind of sat on it and then 
month later, the timing happened to be right with something, and we went into this process, and the PDX pills came out, and it looks like the bus, and yeah. all that. So that one took, like, maybe eight months of actual wait time, but, mm-hmm. like, years of rapport. Right. And Blazer started with, met a guy that ran their social media, gave him a hat, he started wearing it on the plane, then Myers asked for it, and then I get to meet the other guys, and then Pat and CJ, and then... Their front office is like, we'd like to do an item of the night. And then we do that three years ago and it sells out. And now nice. we do three and now we have. So they've just helped happened over time. Right. Rarely do I like email someone and just say, hi, I'm Marcus Portlinger. Right. Do you want to do this? Dornbecker came from one of my mom's best friends had cancer. And we just made her like TLP caps. She went out and sold them to all her friends. And then they donated to ovarian cancer. Teal was the color. It was two and a half years ago. Someone at Dornbecker saw that. That was just like my mom and her went and like sold some hats. Someone at Dornbecker saw that. That's very interesting. We saw what you did with Kelly. And then we thought about it. And we're like, man, hats, that would be... Nike's got their, like, shoe they do at Dornbecker. Mm-hmm. We're like, well, we do hats yeah. in the P logo. What if we do this Hero Hats where for everyone we sell, we'll donate. We'll go up there to the hill, donate three to kids and their family, like, create this commonality. Because that's what it was with Kelly was she had right. lost her hair and she wore this teal hat. And then all her friends had them. And it became, like, this supporting item that everyone support. around her. Yeah. So that's what this was. We could go up there and give a kid a hat and his parents and his sister and they'd all have this commonality. So we did that last year and now we're on round two now. And so all of these have just like, and as we're four years now, we have a pocket full of these things that we can continue to grow or make Mm -hmm. bigger or use as leverage to do another one with someone else. Um, So yeah, they all come out of authentic places and rapport and relational stuff, not any transactional stuff. Right. You know, I don't make any money from the Woodmere one. Right. I've got a Honda commercial that's been on for <laughs> a year and I didn't make any money from that. Like, yeah. it's just, people if it gets the brand out there and people talking and people see it, then it's like, it's good with me. Yeah, that's the best way to market is when people see the design and love it. I love the baseball one. Mm-hmm. I'm a baseball person. When yeah. I saw that on the Instagram. Yeah. It's going to have to happen. When I saw that on the Instagram page, I'm like, oh, that one's cool. <laughs> You've moved on from hats and T-shirts and sweatshirts these these new products, again, are they coming from Wookie? Is Wookie still with you? Or are they coming from, you know, your employees or, or customers saying, hey, or, or all of those things? Yeah. So Wookie had his other brand called J Fields, which was a men's, a higher-end men's brand. Mm-hmm. So he had always had that, and I had helped him. So once I kind of started Portland Gear, I just went full-time on my stuff, and he kind of went full-time on his stuff. So yeah. still friends talk yeah. all the time. But my team then kind of started with, like, my best college friend came on and one of my best high school friends. And yeah. so like our team of six has grown the last couple of years for majority of it. It's been like three of us. <laughs> We've just now added a few. Um, so they come out of, I think we're really good listeners mm-hmm. when customers come in. Why don't you have dog leashes? Okay. Why don't you guys have water bottles? Okay. Why don't you have more stickers? Okay. <laughs> like we just listen to people. Right. Like they're the ones paying for the stuff. So yeah. how should we be the ones telling them if five people come in and ask for a dog leash, then I'm like, we could sell five dog leashes. Let's order some cool dog. You know, so it's yeah. like we just listen to people and that's what the store has brought on. People aren't scared to say, why don't you have X, Y, Z? So that's how we kind of come out with baby onesies that say ever since and it's whatever the year is. You oh, know, fun. like, so we've done that every year now. And that yeah. just comes from listening to people. Yeah. Um, all the events that we do, we don't want to be a one-dimensional product brand. That's not why I started it, really. Right. It came from a place of community and people. And so the brand camps, the passport challenges, all that kind of stuff are just honestly fun for us mm-hmm. like we just try to create things that we would want to do so that's where they originally come from and then we're like okay how does this benefit the brand right oh, then right. let's do this you know but it's like more so like 
what would we want to do as Portlanders living in Portland? What mm -hmm. events would we want to attend? What pop-ups would we want to go to? Yeah. Like, if we were in high school, college, what would we want to do? So that's where like a lot of our ideas for anything comes from. Yeah. You know, I want to talk about the brand camps because you just said you finished up and this is your second year. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And these are high school and college kids. Mm -hmm. Was it a week this time? Because it's so it was four days. Four time. days this time. Yeah. Wish it would have been five. Yeah. Were that next amazing. year. Yep. So tell me about that. How you do choose 30? 36, 36 and then we had so much demand this year we did two weeks okay so we have another one in two weeks of another 36 kids tell me about I, I would imagine they came about because you just said you loved it it was a great idea what would you want to do mm -hmm. what are you talking to these kids about and what are they asking you yeah 36 high school college kids interested in marketing branding entrepreneurship yeah. art any of that so half girls half guys and then a quarter college quarter high school so very evenly split mm -hmm. They come down and we divide them into groups of six and they work on a project all week. Mm -hmm. So last year it was like a fake project we just came up with. And this year we had six local businesses sponsor each group. So we had Water Ave Coffee. We had the Portland Timbers. We had Soul Financial. We had Woolly Wallets. We had Oregon Screen Impressions. And we had 50-50 bottles. So they sponsored the kids. And all week they worked on a marketing campaign for that business. Mm -hmm. And then last week they presented them to the businesses and their families and everything. So... We have breakout sessions where I'll talk about social media, mm -hmm. where Zach will talk about customer service, where someone will talk about online marketing, where someone mm -hmm. will talk about the importance of authenticity. And then Tuesday we took field trips. We got on a yellow bus and we went to all those businesses. Yeah. So we had, that was super, super fun. We got to go to a shoe factory and go to sit in the Blazers locker room. And so um, they, we did panels at each of those places so they could talk to people at the Blazers and say, what's an entry level job? How wow. do I become an intern? So it's a mixture of meeting businesses, networking, mixed with learning things, classroom type, mixed with a real-world project, mixed with fun and games. Yeah. Play a bunch of games, kid games, right. you know. Um, it was a really profound week, and the kids were amazing, and they just have such good ideas, and they teach us stuff, and it's fun. You know, 28, I joke that I'm young, old, whatever, <laughs> but, like, some of these kids were born in 2001. Right. And I'm like... <laughs> I, I feel old now. I was born in 1990. So I'm like, you're born in 2001. And they're teaching me about what they do on Snapchat and how they communicate yeah. still. And we don't text, we snap. And I know these things because like I observe them. Right. But it's refreshing to hear. And like, I think it's important. And it's what we do well is to always listen. And how they use it. So we sit there. Yeah. yeah. And we say, let me teach you about social media. But then you guys teach me. Yeah. And we do. What do you guys use? Raise your hands. Are you on Instagram more? How many times do you check it? What kind of content do you like? How many stories are too many? Yeah. How much content's too much content? Do you prefer mm. brands or people? Do you like faces or products? You know, so it's like we use them then as like a focus group for us. So yeah. it's a pretty amazing week. And yeah, they presented from seven to nine last night with their families and the businesses. So we're tired today, but um, <laughs> good kids. And you can check on our Instagram and read all their comments. And they're just such sweet kids and talented. And they're thankful for what we put on. And we're thankful that I, they came down. Yeah, and it's just, yeah. it's fun. It sounds like you guys get a lot out of that. I, I think I selfishly do it for myself. Uh, yeah. I, I can bit. imagine because In a little bit. they are the next generation mm -hmm. and they are going to be setting the next trends. Mm -hmm. uh, and so as a, as a business person who's operating a brand, those are things you want to hear. So last year of the 30, like... 12 of them rose to the top and came in all Black Friday and helped us ship orders. They came in on the weekends and helped clean the clubhouse. They 
do the pop-ups with us. So it's like we're almost, with, with again, without any intention, mm-hmm. that just unfolded. Right. Where we had all these kids who were eager last summer, 10 rows to the top. Then they keep coming around. They bring their friends. When we need help packing boxes, they come. And it's like we unintentionally have just created the next wave of the Portland Gear employees or intern, whatever it may be. Exactly. And it's, we don't do it for free labor, but like the kids are super excited and they're like, I live five minutes away. Like you need help with anything. Let me know. And it's like, if I was that age, I'd do the same. So I'm like, yeah, come in sometime. Exactly. It's like, we always have an open door policy. Kids come in all the time. Our clubhouse is around the backside of the store. And we got ping pong tables and pop shot and darts and yeah. games. And so, you know, we'll just be working and kids will just come in and sit and play yeah. games and hang. And I just love that. Like yeah. that's, that fills my heart in a different way too. So yeah. that's the teacher in you. Oh yeah. Yeah. You open up the shop on Burnside. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that things are growing organically. If you have a dream, which, you know, you might not have a written down plan, but I'm guessing you have a bigger vision. What? Are some of those ideas out there that you would say, you know, someday it'd be neat to do this. Wouldn't it be cool if this happened? Yeah. um, The big one of recent, I would love to see a baseball team here. Yeah. Such a sports kid. I'd love to be involved with that. See the team come, put a store in the stadium, make the P the alternate logo on field. Like, who knows? Like, that's kind of just like, that would be amazing. I'll do everything I can to help in that space. Um, And I'm... We will will it into existence. I think it will happen. All the signs are indicating that we're in good hands. Every It's looking good. Um, for the brand, I don't have a desire of more stores. Because you're so hands-on. I would imagine that would yeah, be... I don't know. We've had an opportunity to do an airport store. We will eventually. It's hopefully no one from the port's listening. It's <laughs> kind of a process and takes yeah. a long time and approvals and large build-outs and things we've never had to do. We built our right. store out for $5,000. We built it ourselves. And then it's like need construction and architects and this and 10-year leases. And it's just a headache that we haven't had to deal with. So mm-hmm. we're going to get there when we get there, whenever mm-hmm. it feels natural. We're not going to force it. So we'll do an airport store one day. I think that makes a lot of sense to me. Being a Nike kid, love Portland Gear Nike stuff one day. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, this whole brand camp thing has shifted things for me too. So does this turn into an academy? Does this turn into a three-month program? Is it a certification that you could get? Does it become a course at PSU? Does it become, right. you know, like... I don't know. We're going to grow into that, too. But I just mm-hmm. know when these weeks are over, I feel a different sort of fulfillment than I do doing Because it's different and, and yeah. it's inspiring. Yeah. So I think yeah. we'll move into a space of that later. And that's what I love about being owned by me and small and a core team of best friends. It's like we can pivot, maneuver, do whatever we want in a day. Right. I could literally walk to the store in an hour and say, I want to do five more brand camps. Mm-hmm. And we'd, be, we'd do it. If I'm in a real business, that would never happen or yeah. it would take two years or there'd be a budget approval. And it's like, we can just do things if we want to. And mm-hmm. I love that. So we will always continue to do that. We'll add more events. We'll take off some events. We'll do crazy cut and sew products. We'll do crazy hats. We'll do normal. St- you know, it's just like, we'll do whatever our style has changed. So our products have changed since we've started. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, we like designing stuff that we like to wear. And so that's always going to change. And I don't know. How has your style changed? Oh, it has, but it hasn't. Okay. I've always worn Nike shoes, a yeah. t-shirt and a hat and a sweatshirt. So uh, just colors, fits, different things. I wear less. I have so much Portland here. I literally have <laughs> everything, but I wear a couple of the things. Um, you find yourself uh, going towards things more often. Different just because I have so many. Right. That it's just really more so just whatever's on top. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I really, we try to wear just like whatever's currently in stock. So right. I've got bins. I would love to turn into something one day of mm-hmm. like 
every couple of months I'll go through my stack and stuff that's not for sale anymore. I'll put it into a bin. So I've got like five bins of shirts, which will one day turn into something cool. A creative reuse project? Yeah, something. Mm. I feel like I'm good at doing things for a long time without knowing the outcome right. and doing it unintentionally. Right. Like starting that Portland page and posting twice a day, every day for years before mm-hmm. it turned into something, you know? Yeah. Realizing that after the very first shirt that I wore, maybe I should keep this. And then I've done that every time for years now, four years, I've got piles of these shirts. And now one day that's going to turn into something super cool, but I don't know what it is, mm-hmm. but I trust myself that I'll figure it out. And yeah. like starting this business, I don't know what it was going to be or how it was going to unfold, but if I just kept doing it, it would happen. So I think that's the moral story of all of our stuff is like we just yeah. keep doing stuff and it's going to inevitably work out. You like the fluidity of it mm-hmm. where you're at now. I just don't like doing the same thing every day. Yeah, I get that. Which is a millennial thing or it's a we everyone thinks that we're entitled to things, but I just like creativity. I like thinking differently. Yeah. I like doing things different. I um, like the same way. being not normal. I don't like Yes, I check my email every day. Yes, I balance the books every day, but right. it's like I want to have a change up where uh, I've got something different yes. that I can look forward to or that's not monotonous and Yeah. Because that fluidity gives you so keeps so many doors open. Also the next step is a little scary because when you have to start bringing in other partners to build your brand, is that sort of where you kind of pause for a second or are you just waiting for the time to be ready? Yeah, we've never hired just to hire. Yeah. It's always come out of me working as much as possible, long as possible, then Eli comes. Right. And then we open the store and him and I open the store every day, 11 to 7. Mm-hmm. No days off for two months. We're like, we probably need someone. So then Mac graduates college, he comes. Right. Then it's three of us for three or four months all day doing everything, ordering, shipping, filling, working stores, events, one day off a week, maybe we need someone, we add Courtney. Mm-hmm. Then Zach's this kid that comes around on Black Friday. We don't really know who he is, but he starts helping out and everyone loves him and he keeps coming around and now he's the store manager. Right. And then Brady's started as a model with us years ago, just a good kid, hard worker, graduates with a degree in finance three months ago, comes on, now is doing our accounting finance, loves yeah, okay. it. So it's like our team is super curated super close. I'm not adding anyone from a glass door thing. So I, I actually find more enjoyment in being a boss now. Mm. I don't know, because I just love my team so much. I love being in the clubhouse and all six of us are there. Mm-hmm. I could hire really talented people that have decades of experience that mm-hmm. would probably propel us faster than we're going. But like, it wouldn't be as that. much fun. Yeah, we like we're funny and we do things and it's makes me laugh when the guys are silly and like when they pick on Courtney and Courtney picks back and then Brady, it's just like we hide in things and scare each other. Like (laughs) I just love our, I love how we are. And I think people like that. They see it on social. They see it when they come into brand camp and they see that we're the same people that they see on social and they like that authenticity. So it's like, why would I do anything to disrupt that? You're in a good spot right now. I don't need more stores. I don't need to bring on investors. I don't need XYZ when I've got it all. And yeah. we grow slowly. And however much money we make is how much we have to spend on the next thing we want to do. And okay. like, I don't need to go out and get a million dollars to start a brand camp. Like, we just figured it out. And that's what we've always done. I want to go to back to collaborations for a second. You've worked with the Widmer Brothers, who you say you had this relationship with. Yeah. Um, and then that was really something that you wanted to do. You know, you mentioned the Nike mm-hmm. collaboration, which would be also pretty neat, and, and baseball as well. Yep. What other collaborations would 
really get you excited mm-hmm. about putting out a product. Yeah. There's definitely a ceiling in Portland because there's only so many local businesses. Right. And when we go to yeah. night market, I see a lot of them, you know, yeah. and so it's like there's a lot of companies, but then there's also like the list is getting shorter now. We've knocked off OHSU, Blazers, Timbers, Thorns, Dornbecker, Widmere, Columbia Sportswear would be a big one. Yeah. Would love to do a cool outdoor collection, hiking collection, Portland Gear Raincoat, something innovative and cool. Yeah. Um, Nike's the big one. Obviously, Adidas is here. That's great as well. We have a ton of friends. Adidas is on the come up, have been for a while. Their North America headquarters is here. Under Armour's here now. Keen's here. We do a lot with them. Baseball would be a big one. I need another <laughs> sports team. I need one more sports team here or a hockey team or something. Um, but, yeah, I think that's what's cool about us is that we'll always, we always want to stay in, this, in the middle of the spider web that when one collaboration maybe dies off, the next brand that's now getting big, we can try to work with them somehow, you know? Right. And so it's like, we want to always be innovative in that space. So it's, it'd be tough for me to say like right now who I'd want to collaborate in five years, because there's probably going to be someone new, amazing in five years that right. we'll want to collaborate with then. So as long as we stay true to our DNA, simple P logo that represents the area, cool products and events, then it's like those collabs are just going to naturally come and we mm-hmm. want to always be attached to whatever's relevant. Yeah. Stay, stay fresh. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you still taking those Instagram photos, some of them? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Courtney takes a lot of the Portland Gear ones now, and Portland Page we do feature a lot. But, yeah, I put up all the stories and stuff. So yeah. when I leave here, I'm sure I'll put one See up. See something on the, on the walk home? Yeah. or Yeah. And that's annoying to my fiancé. It has been for years. And it's something that's <laughs> created some anxiety in my life is that I am a little tethered to the phone. Yeah. So I'm working on that. But then it's also, like, that's my, my phone is my biggest blessing and curse. You know, it's provided right. everything, but it's also, I can't really be alone. I never, like... <laughs> <laughs> Even if I am alone, I'm always kind of checking it. Right. So I'm never off. Yeah. You know, I started this four years ago, but never really had an off day. Yeah, I take vacation or I have two days off a week, but I'm still posting. I'm still... You're still on. Oh, yeah. In your head. Worried about something or thinking right. or what's the next content or what do we got this week? And so I can never truly turn it off. So that's the flip side of it. You know, people see the sales and the lines and the collabs, but then there's a darker side the know? human the human impact totally well and you're and getting there. married next month mm-hmm. so that's going to change mm-hmm. change how you how you approach it but it has been fun to see on instagram as i follow yeah. you guys see it grow yeah. and I appreciate it. keep on thank you, you so much marcus for coming in well thank you for hosting me i appreciate it Thank you for joining me for my conversation with Marcus Harvey. If you've missed any of the previous podcasts, you can find them at our website at kink.fm. Be sure to like and subscribe to the Portland 50 podcast wherever you're listening. The Portland 50 is a podcast series celebrating King's 50th anniversary, and it's about the people who dreamt, built, and championed the innovation, growth, and uniqueness of Portland. The series is presented by Jaguar Land Rover Portland, one company, two iconic brands, Jaguar Land Rover Portland is a Don Rasmussen company, the legendary Portland institution, serving our community since 1950.